This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today, our topic for this podcast is looking at one of the many causes of ineffective reading instruction. And one of them is a lack of understanding related to the reading process. More specifically, a lack of understanding or inaccurate information about how the brain creates meaning with print. We have all these old ideas, you see, that get in the way of new understandings. As well, ununderstandings also get in the way of new understandings. So, the first part of understanding how the brain creates meaning with print, reading, is by understanding how it doesn't do that. So let's look at the phonological processing model. This theoretical model of reading is based on two theories, behavioral learning theory and the bottom-up theory of learning. According to the bottom-up theory, reading is merely sounding out words on the page. Now this is an ununderstanding. It's called the simple view of reading or the phonological processing model. Now, a model is a construct that explains or demonstrates how something works. Theoretical models are based on theories. So with this model, reading is thought to involve four sub-processes. First, perceiving the words and letters on the page. Second, putting sounds to all the letters in each word. Third, putting the individual sounds together to identify words. And fourth, putting the words together to create ideas. And this is all thought to happen in the microseconds available as our eyes pounce upon individual words. Poof! Magic! Reading happens, so it is thought. This is thought to create a form of speech in the head with which the reader merely listens during reading. Now, according to this theoretical model, reading is sounding out words, as stated. Proficient readers are able to sound out words automatically and fluently so that the speech in the head is uninterrupted. They just sit back and listen. According to this model, struggling readers have sounding out word deficits. So to move from struggling to proficient, we just need to apply a bit more sounding out word instruction, or so it is thought. As a matter of fact, some people believe that if we just had a lot of good sounding out word instruction all over America, all our reading problems would be solved. All our children would be reading above average, and America would retain its place among the world's top economic superpowers. Yes? And yes, we want all our children to be reading above average, but think about it. If that happens, above average will become average, and average will become below average, and below average will become really below average. Here's something to think about. Half of our students should be reading below average. That's what average is. 
3 to 5% should be reading significantly below average. That's what significantly below average is. <coughs> Excuse me. This is called the normal distribution of scores, is as illustrated by the illustrious bell-shaped curve. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't do everything possible to help all students achieve their full literacy potential. We do. But according to the phonological processing model, during the act of reading, information flows one way from the page to the relay station in the brain called the thalamus and then up to the cortex. From the bottom, which is the page, up to the top, which is the cortex. Hence the name, bottom-up theory of reading. Now, as stated earlier, struggling readers, according to this model, have sounding out word deficits. So we give them a whole bunch of sounding out word instruction, or phonics, along with lots and lots of drill and practice, sounding out words in isolations and on worksheets. Oh, the joy of it all! The goal of sounding out word instruction is to develop students' ability to sound out words. The thinking is that if students were good sounder-outers, all their reading problems will vanish. But this is not the case. What usually happens is the blip. Struggling readers may get marginally better at sounding out words in isolation in the short term, but when this is the sole focus of reading instruction, there's little transfer of these skills to authentic reading situations. And in the long term, there's no noticeable improvement in students' ability to create meaning with print during authentic reading situations. And in the meantime, children are deprived of the joy of reading and talking about good books. They're exposed to fewer words and concepts, and they fall behind in developing an implicit understanding for the sound and structure of the written language, which is grammar. But by God, we've got those blips. So, a little about phonics instruction, and for the record, I am not against phonics instruction. In fact, I'm highly in favor of it. It's not the what of phonics instruction that's at issue here. It's the how and the how much of phonics instruction that we must examine. Now, phonics instruction is teaching letter sound associations. The reader sees a letter and is able to associate it with a certain sound. A sound within a word is called a phoneme. There are approximately 200 phonemes in all human languages. And there are 44 phonemes in our English language. Now we have 26 letters, so this means that our alphabet is 18 letters short. Rather than invent 18 new letters, somebody's in R&D decided that we should put existing letters together in exciting new combinations. Brilliant! So all of a sudden we have diphthongs and murmur diphthongs and diagraphs and triagraphs, the schwa sound, R-controlled vowels, vowel blends, silent letters. 
Soft letters, hard letters, closed syllables, open syllables, diphthong syllables, blends, CVC patterns, CVCV patterns, CCVV patterns. One letter making another say its name. And, and of course, we have exceptions. Yes, exceptions to these rules. Of course, a six- or seven-year-old child in the pre-operational phase of cognitive development, of course, that child could grasp all of this. And let's get them going on the periodic table and DNA sequencing and perhaps iambic pentameter at the same time. The phonological processing model of reading does more to help us ununderstand the reading process than to understand it. Again, according to this theoretical model, reading is simply sounding out words. This model is limited because it doesn't account for a wide array of data, including four important facts. The first one is proficient readers look at only 60% of the words on the page. Of these fixated words, our eyes usually stop only on one or two letters. And since we can perceive only those things upon which our eyes fixate, it's clear that our brain fills in the blanks to create meaning during the reading process. This indicates that readers are using more than the words and letters on the page to create meaning. The second fact unaccounted for. Proficient readers often insert words that are semantically or syntactically correct. This is called a miscue. This is when what is read out loud does not match what's on the page. And if it does not change meaning in any significant way, it's a semantic miscue. Or if that word has the same grammatical function, a syntactic miscue, this points to the fact that information besides what's on the page is being used to construct meaning. The third fact unaccounted for in the phonological processing model or the bottom-up theory of reading is that more information is flowing down from the cortex than up from the thalamus. Again, we take in data from our senses, in this case our eyes during reading, that information goes to the relay station in the brain, the thalamus, and from there, it's sent up to various parts of the cortex. Brain imaging studies show that during the act of reading, almost 10 times more information is flowing from the cortex down to the thalamus than the, from the thalamus up to the cortex. So this shows that what's in the head is being used along with text clues to create meaning. And the fourth Unaccounted for fact in the phonological processing model is that information from the cortex is actually used to direct the eyes during the act of reading. In other words, higher level processes drive or mediate lower level processes and not the other way around. Now, the neurocognitive model of reading accounts for the four facts above. This theoretical model is based on two theories, cognitive learning theory and the interactive theory of reading. 
as I said previously, theoretical models explain how things work, and they're based on theories. According to the interactive theory of reading, reading is creating meaning with print. During the act of reading, what's in the head interacts with what's on the page to create meaning, hence the name interactive theory. According to the neurocognitive model of reading, reading is not sounding out words, rather it's creating meaning with print. Again, the readers use what's in their head. Readers use what's in their head to make sense of what's on the page. Now, the three cueing systems as recognized in the neurocognitive model. During the act of reading, we use the knowledge stored in our, in our cortex to constantly reach out and micro-predict the words in the sentences as we are reading. This is called recognizing words. These micro-predictions enable our brain to work more efficiently. Our brain uses three cueing systems to make these word micro-predictions to recognize words during the act of reading. These are the semantic cueing system, which is context or meaning, the syntactic cueing system, which is grammar in word order, and the graphophonetic or phonetic cueing system, which is letter sounds. They're called cueing systems because they cue the brain as to what the word might possibly be as we are reading. They're systems because they are interconnected with other systems and they work in conjunction. All right, this has been the Reading Instruction Show. We looked at one cause of ineffective reading instruction today, and that cause was a lack of understanding related to the reading process. If we understand how the brain creates meaning with print, we are able to design effective reading instruction and interventions. This is why it's important to understand. Reading isn't sounding out words. No, it's creating meaning with print.